So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Christo from Bad Sons. And we're asking some questions today about the new album, Apocalypse Whenever. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response so far? Thank you. It's been it's been wonderful. Yeah, you know, releasing new music is always is always a really great thing. You know, it's kind of what we what, what we do. But uh, there's all, there could be anxiety tied to that sometimes. But this time around, the reception's been really warm, and that's been awesome. And like we started the tour at the same time as the album was released, so it's cool that like every show that passes, you can just see that many more people that are familiar with the new music, and it's been really fun to watch in real time. Hell yeah. Yeah, album rocks really by cool. the way oh yeah it's amazing <laughs> thank you thank you so much of course so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art yeah there there is both so the uh, the, the 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 album cover the type the meaning kind of like took shape a little bit later on the road once we had the the title um the, the cover verse okay sorry i'm jumbling my words okay. here but okay. so we had the i had this image so there there used to be this kind of like generic disco single like artwork that like every record label would use in the 70s when they were releasing just various disco singles mm-hmm. and uh i thought this image was really cool you can probably look it up after this like, disco single album cover or something yeah and um there's something about that image that i really liked and uh on that image though it's just kind of like a woman's lips and she's kind of has her her mouth's closed and it's kind of pouty but there's something really cool about it and i loved the cover the colors and once the album title came along, and that was a bit later, what sort of happened was uh, we wanted to kind of like alter the image a little bit to where instead of like the pouty kind of thing, like her having this almost kind of like manic sort of smile, I felt like that paired with the the title. And uh, we kind of were sort of referencing like some uh, early like the Cars album covers. We just wanted it to have this kind of interesting juxtaposition of like the sort of sexy disco feel with this kind of like manic crazy vibe i don't know yeah that makes sense and the title yeah so the title came to be um originally the working title for this record was a moment of reflection and uh, the, the idea of that being kind of like you see your whole life flash before your eyes after like you know a near death experience and um that was sort of the premise for the record and then one day i just felt like we loved the title, like in the sense that it sounded elegant and rolled off the tongue. It's it's in the lyrics quite a few times, but it just didn't feel like a bold enough statement for the to like encapsulate the record as a whole. So one day I was just taking a shower before going to the studio, and that title "Apocalypse Whenever" just kind of like just like sort of flashed into my head, and it was like a, something from way back when, like an old joke. And I was like, but just I just kind of knew in that moment, like, oh fuck, I think that's it. Yeah. And um it really just kind of tied everything together and it helped that it was the same amount of syllables as a moment of reflection. It helped swapping out those lyrics made it kind of easy. For sure. For sure. Uh, so I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. Oh, that's tough. You know, um, there, you know, I'm really, there are a lot of lyrics on this record that I'm, I'm really stoked about. I don't know exactly what that, what my very favorite one would be. Um, let me let me think here for a second mm-hmm. um uh you know what yeah i, I I'll, I'll stick with that song while we're talking about it. i really like the lyrics and the, the chorus it says uh life tried to make me somebody i'm not can't separate from me i'm all i've got life's not been pretty but i'm still not ready to die i've never felt so alive um Ooh. yeah 
I'll stay that one for today. All right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Perfect. Uh, so would you be able to tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, in the way that our band works, it kind of, you know, we, we do all sorts of different things. Um, oftentimes what will happen is I'll, I'll put together some demos. I'll, you know, I, I write music a lot at home on my own time and then I'll sort of send them out to the guys and whichever songs are sort of getting everyone excited. What we'll do is then we'll take that into our rehearsal studio and we'll start playing the music all together and then sort of build and flesh out the song, uh, the four of us, and then we'll involve our producer and kind of it goes that way. Sometimes the song will kind of just fall out of thin air. Or someone will play a riff in the room and somebody else hears it and starts playing on top of it. You know, and the music kind of starts falling like dominoes. And then sometimes, you know, it'll be like we had a Dropbox while we were making this album where we would just kind of like put in little ideas, whether it be visual or musical. And essentially, like uh, it was sort of a place for us to all be able to just go in and listen to whatever was happening. And uh, and so a couple of songs, there's like a track called Nightclub and there's a track called Silently Screaming, which, you know, like I said, I would be putting demos into the Dropbox, whichever ones the guys would like we'd do. In the cases of those two songs, Gavin kind of, he Gavin's really good at making sort of like soundscapes and beats and kind of like interesting rhythms. So he put some files in there and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And I kind of took it and put some music on top of it and sort of wrote a song around like these kinds of like synth pads and uh, rhythms he was making. So it's kind of like whatever gets the job done. We're just always trying to, the main thing is we're just trying to get inspired. There has to be some sort of initial spark of inspiration that kind of gets the ball rolling. I love how organic it is. Oh yeah, it's never forced. I feel like when you try and force it, those are often the songs that just turn out like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before this album, were all of your songs made in person in your practice space? You know, it's kind of always been, it, it, there's always an element of of both things. And what we do, there's a, a lot of individual work. Like I said, I'll, I'll usually kind of write, write and record demos in my home studio wherever that is and then um bring it to the guys and then we'll flesh them out together mm-hmm. but yeah there was definitely you know a lot of that this time around because there were periods where um we weren't you know seeing each other for a couple of weeks at a time but yeah th- you know it, it it wasn't incredibly different like there were still songs on this record that like there's a song peachy that literally just we were recording it was towards the very beginning of our sessions in 2019 that, that december and we were recording a song called Grace and Gavin had his synthesizer out and he just started kind of playing this part. And I was like, that's really cool. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, and then we were like, let's, let's go into the live. Let's take a break. So we went into the live room and Gavin kind of sat down at the piano. I sat down at the drums and the rest of the guys like had shakers and kind of were picking up whatever instruments were around the room. And we kind of, there's a, there's a cool, our uh, photographer and videographer Lupe who's on tour with us he was actually in the studio that day so there's a cool mm. video capturing us kind of at that song just sort of falling out and uh you know yeah it was a uh, it was really fun so in a lot of ways and also in a lot of ways to answer your question it was different making this album but in some ways it was also like sort of what in the varying forms what we've always known that's super rad uh, so what song on the album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? I don't know. Well, the, the song that's been around for the longest uh, is the song called Symphony of Lights. That song, actually, I wrote that um, as we were recording our Mystic Truth album. We remember we were in the studio and I was like, sometimes, sometimes you get that feeling of like, 
well, maybe we need one more song. And so that one sort of came. And I remember I was like, this is something really special, but it just felt like we didn't have the time that we needed to like give it the proper the proper life that it wanted to have. So we decided to hold on to it for later. And I'm glad we did. But that mm-hmm. song, that song kind of sort of arrived pretty fully formed once it did happen. So it's been around for the longest, but it did take the longest to write. I mean, I think maybe a song like there was a lot of uh, initial writing and then re- revisiting lyrics for me on this album. I had to like, you know, it, sometimes it's easy to like get a, write technically a whole song in a day or in like a couple of hours. And it's, it can be, well, you know, if you've been doing it for as long as us, you can, it can be like a song, it's a presentable song. But mm-hmm. for me, I, that wasn't ever going to cut it. It needed to be like, it's always about going above and beyond and kind of yeah. going past your, your threshold for what you think you're capable of. So there was a lot of rewriting and songs like Silently Screaming, Life Was Easier, Apocalypse Whenever. Those all uh, definitely benefited from that. I would say maybe one of the toughest ones lyrically to write was apocalypse whenever just because it needed there was always that kind of pressure of like this is going to be the opening song we knew that Mm -hmm. from the beginning and this needs to kind of like really set the stage and so making that happen uh, out of thin air can be quite difficult but you know juice is always worth worth the squeeze sure Mm -hmm. and uh, your favorite on the album um it changes from day to day i really am lately i've been really partial to the song life was easier when i only cared about me it's been really fun to play live um i also really enjoy there's a song called electric circus which i think people have been really uh, sort of kind of surprised by and really enjoying uh amongst our fans so that that's another favorite of mine hell yeah politics uh, so would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this album yeah kind of all over the place i think sort of we were handling the situations of the world kind of like everybody else rolling with the punches not really sure what was happening majority of the time but trying to sort of stay stay sane and navigate through and that's kind of a lot what I think the lyrical themes on the album are sort of talking about is uh just kind of trying to find your place and ultimately it's an album about love and uh you know not losing sight of the important things of life and kind of taking the time to like smell the roses and really not take any of the time that you're given for granted. Um, so yeah, the headspace was definitely, we were in a, I was in a really creative headspace all the while. Like I felt like even though the world was kind of going crazy, like we had this safe haven, which was either the studio or just the music itself to kind yeah. of get lost in and really like that sort of took precedent over everything else. And like, that was sort of a really sacred thing. Mm-hmm. having that ability to like really dive into the music and like really sort of pour our souls out into the album was kind of like a saving grace. So I think I was really, I felt really appreciative of having that throughout the, uh, throughout the album. For sure. I'm glad oh, you yeah. guys had an outlet. For sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something we don't take for granted. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends and the dark with headphones on workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? I think it can serve all of those purposes. I think it just sort of depends on what you're in the mood for. I would say maybe, uh, I think it's a, I think it's fun to listen to on a drive, but I also think this album is really great for just kind of like sit down. If you have a record player and some nice speakers, like throw it on or, you know, sit down, put some headphones on, whatever it is. I think it's a, this album is very like it can be enjoyed in a solitary environment or 
a communal sort of thing. I'd say whatever is a your preference, but definitely listen to the whole thing front to back. And so maybe, yeah, maybe a solitary the first time. All right. Mm -hmm. And when you finally got the masters, how did you listen to it for the first time? I plugged my laptop into my like speakers, the systems at home that I used to record. And I just kind of like put it on and sort of closed my eyes and sat in my living room and just let it play. And that was a really cool feeling i was really stoked at the end of that that's sick good yeah uh, so this one should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less really fucking awesome there you go Hell yeah. <laughs> accurate <laughs> um so in that same train of thought is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album yeah, I mean, I think to me, the, it's an album that deals a lot with sort of self-reflection and introspection and, and love. And um, there's a lot of nostalgia that plays through it. But ultimately, I think there's like a lot of kind of underlying hope and just a sense of gratitude um, for gratitude for life, regardless of how imperfect it can be and how difficult it can be. Um, yeah, maybe maybe gratitude or something. I like that. All we the don't feels. get that one enough. Yeah. Uh, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. You're going in. What is your snack of choice? If I'm going to get something at a gas station, it's probably going to be those like Sabra hummus, like little, thing, you know, it's like the, the crackers and the hummus that come together and you like yeah. open it up and probably one of those types of things um, or like one of those perfect peanuts bars oh mm-hmm. all right you said so since if if you would go into a gas station where do you guys usually stop if not like a gas station well yeah because we're in the bus so it's usually it stops overnight when we're sleeping so there's less of that than when we're touring in the van but um sometimes we'll you know have a little rest stop if we're ever in texas there's this like rest stop chain called bucky's mm-hmm. that they just kind of like have everything and we always make a habit of trying to stop there whenever we get an opportunity to i'm sure we will on this tour we did on the last one that's good bucky's rocks um so if the band was a dish what dish would the band be and why oh good question um i think it i think it changes sort of like song song by song or like every album i feel like this sort of would be more of like a several course meal um I, don't, I want to say just like sushi because that's my favorite food, but I don't know if there's any like real real life ties into why that is beyond the fact that I'm hungry and I want to eat sushi right now. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like this album kind of gives me like a like a raspberry sorbet vibe. Like you ever have those like talenti sorbets? It's like yeah. that raspberry flavor. I feel like maybe it has to do with the color of the album too, but and just yeah. like the fact that like this the album kind of radiates like summer vibes in a way despite you guys putting exactly. it out in january like it's definitely yeah. like a windows down eating ice cream kind of relax kind of vibe sweet and it's sophisticated at the same time and it's summery and it's refreshing for sure for sure there you go uh so for these last couple questions we're actually going to shift away from music if that's okay with you please awesome so we're actually going to go straight to death row boom so if you're okay. on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? <clears throat> um, definitely like a big sushi meal mm-hmm. um, with like a pitcher of beer and like a thing of like hot sake. Right. There you go. Perfect. 
I can tell you're craving sushi. I really hope you're able to get it at some point in the next couple of days. <laughs> I, had, I had some yesterday for my first time on this tour. We were in New York, so it's a good sushi town. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and we have another day off there tomorrow, so I'm going to get sushi again. Oh, good. yeah. Very oh, yeah. good. <laughs> um, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? One fictional world, like a place. In, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I would have. I always wanted to live like in Hogwarts. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. yeah. What house are you? Probably Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Just because, like everyone, you know, most people I feel like would want that. It's the, but, you know, there's like there's sort of a sex appeal to Slytherin, but I'll say uh, I'll say Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah, I respect that. So I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. Okay. What is your favorite color? Okay. I'll throw you for a loop here. I don't really have one. Um, when I was in elementary school, my favorite color was orange because there was, I was like in third grade and there was this like hot, uh, like eighth grader named I can't, her name was Priscilla or something and her favorite color was orange and I was like yeah. mine mine too and then it actually was for a long time mm-hmm. and and then um but I really like colored combinations like I really like that actually you know since we're on the track of orange like if you kind of get like a nice orange and a nice pink together mm-hmm. like something about those two colors you know it's kind of like you know the peachy kind of vibe which is fitting for this record mm-hmm. so today I'll say those two those are and you know pink orange or like pink and green is a really nice combination too. pink green and orange there's something about those colors that's been sitting right with me and actually if you get our that's why our album the new album like they asked us what colors we wanted to make for vinyl so it's a pink album cover you pull out the green like translucent disc and there's like an orange label on it and it's really satisfying to the eyes that's sick this is completely off topic but because you brought it up did you ever shoot your shot with priscilla no oh! no i did i didn't oh, i man. didn't actually i might have uh, maybe she knew i had a crush on her i don't know but <laughs> come on all right well on that note uh that's all the questions we have for you today is there anything that you would like to plug you know if uh listen to the album if we're coming to a city near you soon come see us on tour and just get get outside and like go for a hike or if you live by the ocean go to the beach or something and uh eat some sushi oh yeah there you go all right uh well thank you for now this has been christo from bad sons and we have been the good noise podcast